Hey, Mary Cedar Wisdom. Hi, this is Deacon Kevin Blindell, Ron Kalis. We got you today, right? You got me. Yes, you do. All right. I just thought I'd open up with an, a little bit of an homage. Is one of my favorite Northern Irish singers, uh, Van Morrison. And it's about a sense of wonder. And we have a, we have a wonderful guest today uh, who's bringing uh, the sense of wonder of Christ to all of our teens. Helen Magali. Welcome, Helen. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Father Kalis. Um, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Well, this is a really exciting time for you, Helen. It's really exciting for Mary Seed of Wisdom uh, because it's a really special time. Uh, and you've given a special award for, uh, for your service to Crux, the St. Pope John Paul II Leadership Award from the National Federation for Catholic Youth Ministry. And I'm going to read this. Uh, the award recognizes innovative outreach at the parish level that identifies and equips adults to respond to diverse needs and gifts of young people, gracing the gospel and the mission of the National Federation for Youth Ministry. So the award is going to be presented to you online in the February convention. So congratulations to you, Helen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Big surprise. <laughs> well... You know, Helen, uh, all this goes back some 30 years um, to when this all began. And so in your honor, there are so many other people also uh, that made this all possible, people who have gone before you. And uh, Kevin and I are going to try to reach uh, someone who was at the beginning of all this some 30 years ago, and that was uh, Peg Berry. Um, who was so much involved with the young people and uh, solicited many of the uh, adults to be partakers of this, chaperones and others. So there's a whole history that goes back three decades here. Uh, and as you receive this award, I think it touches every one of them. So they are also included in this. Uh, it's, it's just, it's amazing and it's very beautiful and encouraging. It really is. Uh, I think it, as I read, Ron, in the, uh, you know, I was at 11 o'clock mass today and it was just incredibly moving to, for me in a, in a position where I'm sitting at the altar and I'm watching teens of present and looked like past Helen and, and some parents and additional folks that came up were bringing flowers on the altar. And by the time it, the altar was filled, I could smell this incredible bouquet. I thought I walked into a florist shop. There were that many flowers at the front of the church. So it was a beautiful experience. But I think even more so, if, if, if folks, parishioners read the bulletin, um, and in the bulletin there's a discussion, I think what's more telling are some of the comments. As I was walking home from church, I was reading what the students or what your uh, past participants of Crux said uh, to you about what you brought to them. And, and one of these things was, it, 
Helen has inspired me to go to Mass during the week, which has brought me closer to Jesus. Her incredible love and devotion to Jesus is contagious, contagious, and I'm truly grateful. Um, another comment was, it introduced me to a new ways to find God in my heart. Helen encourages us to grow in our faith. Um, another comment, pushing me to incorporate Jesus in my life. I mean, these are just incredible comments uh, that I'm sure every evangelist would love to have someone write about them. And I think it's beautiful that you are bringing God to our youth, um, which is so important. So let's talk a little bit about Crux itself, because a lot of people, they may see Crux or they may see the teens and give us a sense of, you know, what, what you're doing throughout the year. Um, well, I think when we, when I started first, obviously I took it over, Peg started the program and there's been many people that have been leaders in it, Jerry. Um, I actually don't know all of them. I think Melanie, I think, I, I, I don't want to forget names, but I, I, I don't remember everybody. I didn't know everyone. Um, and, um, the focus has always been, especially for me to get the teams to to focus on Jesus, on not all the other outside things that they think uh, are trendy or they want to be like, but to come into this personal relationship with Jesus. And um, I think for me, the easiest way to do it was try my best to, to ask them. I've never asked anything of any of them that I wouldn't do myself mm. and lead by example more so because I'm not really good with the words. Um, I'm not really very happy speaking in public or anything like that, but I always tell myself, this is what I have to do. Um, because I feel, I really do feel strongly, even though I do have doubts and Father Tim always reassures me to stop having them. And today certainly should make me realize I shouldn't have them, that this is what I've been called to do at this time in my life. Um, the way it happened was, was just a phone call and, um, I thought it would be an easy task to plan a couple of retreats and um, it wasn't, but I think we've grown so much in the last six, seven years of, of showing how wonderful teens are. People, a lot of people are scared of teens, but they've so much to, to bring to the table. They've so many qualities that are just so wonderful. And as many of those, those comments that were said about me in, in the topics or in the bulletin, I could say the same back to everyone that wrote them because as many gifts as they feel I've given them, they've given me them tenfold and hundredfold because I certainly have grown because of them. And, um, I mean, I said today, I wasn't thinking I had to speak at mass and I just said, eyes on Jesus, that's it. Just yeah. Well, I think that uh, it certainly points to all of our mission, but it also points to your humility, which is just a wonderful gift and a wonderful gift to be, uh, to, to see and just kind of have that aura, if you will, even, you know, for all of us. Let's talk about, you know, one of the things, so it's just not a retreat, you're doing other things. So. Um, I remember driving by and I see that, you know, during the COVID and the summer, kids were outside talking. So do you have weekly meetings? To, like, what are you doing to engage the teens? So that was always a thing. We didn't want it to be just about a retreat. We want this ongoing. So um, we've had 
COVID really has changed a lot of things for us. We can't meet as often as we, we, um, we wanted. I would attend meetings within the arch and um, when we were given the guidelines, you can have 25, you can have 50, you can have 10. They, for me, were a problem because I, have, I had more teens that wanted to come. But we worked within those guidelines and we would have our, we were only allowed to meet once a month. So we did that, but then that kind of got canceled as well for us because we now had to, we can only meet with 10 people, less than 10. Um, so the other thing that we started this year was Friday Night Lights. So that came of like I was following the guidelines I was given and I was trying to find ways that we could still connect safely and and meet Jesus, encounter Jesus. So um, it came, it's praise and worship, Eucharistic adoration, candlelight on a Friday night because, um, and the first night we had it, I looked at the, the football calendar for Maine South and it was the only game, it was the first Friday they didn't have a game at home. So I thought, okay, and there was no game. I thought, oh, this is a good way. I'll use this Friday night. That would be something to do within the, the guidelines we were given. And it's kind of, um, what's the word? Um, blossomed or bloomed from that. And it's very well attended. Parishioners now like to attend it also. And, um, we have our teen mass. Um, we are, the plan is that the teens, we will go to speak this year. That will be our retreat. And we will, um, as many teens that will sign up, we have 45 at the moment, hopefully we'll get some more um, that we will attend seek. We did get to go to Our Lady of the Angels like that. Their Christmas party was not what our teens were used to, but we still had plenty of teens that signed up went down and, and worked um, down there for the day. Um, we're just trying to do the best that we can with what, what's going on as long with COVID. We're so, you know, we have so many restrictions. Um, one highlight for me over the years is the number of teens that actually come to daily mass. That's, that's very special. Um, and I think the numbers are growing. There's more teens some days. I mean, there's 10 or 12 teens at daily mass, which I think is very exciting. Um, I just invite, I just keep asking. I keep asking them and I keep asking their parents. I just keep asking people, do you want to come? Do you want to come? <laughs> and um, that's, I don't know, just a personal invite. Yeah. And that's, and that's you know, I, I know I learned it was a comment um, from Father Jerry, he always said, you know, we always have to have that personal invite. Um, just like your calls, you, you received a phone call. Just tell me a little bit about that when you, so when you became the Crux Youth Minister, tell me about that. So I remember it was a Sunday in November. I was sitting in my family room and I got a phone call from Jerry Village, and she explained to me that she um, was you know, thinking of retiring and um, would I be interested in, you know, I was, I was involved in the back, you know, for several years in Crux, I was there, you know, doing whatever was needed. And um, she asked me, would I like to um, 
consider taking over the role and I was like yeah two retreats how hard can that be and I think that was my comment I'm like yeah two retreats I think I can plan two retreats but I really didn't know exactly what went into the two retreats nor did I know anything else about them um I mean I knew the work but I didn't know how to lead it so um I, I remember calling my dad right after that and saying, oh my gosh, dad, guess what they asked me? And I, I thought, oh, and he was like, I said, that's an honor, but I'm not so sure about it. So I, I prayed about it for the week. And then I said, I said to Father Gunderson, yeah, I think I might, I think I, I think I might try this. And, and then he gave me a piece of paper a few weeks later about a course in Mandelein for lay leadership. And I was like, ay, 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 now this is more than two retreats. <laughs> this is, you've got to go to school. <laughs> and, um, and I kept putting that away. And then he'd keep asking me about it. And um, then it's the influence of everybody, you know, the priests that I've encountered on this, Father Tim Manan, Father Tim Manastos, Father Derek, Father Kalis, Father James, everybody. I mean, I know a lot of priests because I, I started helping with youth ministry. And um, that's that's how it came about. It literally, oh my dog! It literally started with this the dog, <laughs> um, and there's nobody here to get rid of her. Um, it just started out of like a phone call, and um, maybe you can say answering the call and, yeah. and learning to navigate a very um, I am not good with words, but a very um, some days very smooth, calm sea, and other days very angry, treacherous sea. And I'm just like on the boat, you know, trying to do my best. And um, and I keep telling myself, I've got to keep my eyes on Jesus because if I don't, I get wrapped up and consumed by by um, other things. And when you lose your focus from Him, then then it kind of goes astray. That's how it started. And I, and I kind of think I gave myself a limit, maybe four or five years. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got to six years and now I'm into the seventh. So wow. I don't really know. <laughs> I think it's wonderful how you... <laughs> and uh, Helen... Uh, Go ahead, Ron. I was going to say uh, the scripture reading uh, for the... Uh, for Sunday, the seventeenth uh, of January, now has uh, Jesus calling his disciples, and there's this wonderful connection here in John's Gospel, where Andrew says to Jesus, "Where are you staying?" Which is a way of saying, "What are you all about?" And well, come and see. <laughs> and the scripture says it was about four in the afternoon. Well, why do they put that in there? That's interesting to me. I think it was the beginning of a long conversation. <laughs> That's why it's there. But, and what Helen is describing here is something like that. It's relational uh, for her specifically, and then for the young people as well. Um, it's not about rules and uh, things like that. It's about coming to know Jesus uh, and seeing what he's all about and then realizing that's an important way for you to live your own life. Um, that's what this, uh, uh, the chosen is all about. This, uh, um, 
thing that the evangelicals are putting out about the life of Jesus. Um, we come to know him by sitting there, so to speak, and talking with him and listening to him and becoming uh, caught up in what he is all about and want to walk with him. Uh, I think that's what Helen is describing about her own uh, life here. And that's what's happening to the adults and the teens that are involved. I think it's beautifully linked into scripture. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it's that calling, right? So Helen, we, you, especially with teens, it's so important to have them involved. Like you, I think you said something like, well, I just, I just ask it and ask anybody or ask them to be involved and ask them to do things. It seems like a lot of the times I've attended the various um, things that you've held with the teens, their involvement is just, it's like from, from the check-in at the church, right? To yeah. ushers and to handing to your heart. It's just life. <laughs> it's just life, your dog. So yes. uh, this is, yeah, this is the world of Zoom. Um, you know, so I think it's so important to have, you know, teens being um, uh, validated in a way. I, I think you're validating them. I think you're, no matter who they are, no matter how big or small, or, you know, that whole myriad of, because I think you're bringing uh, something, someone that's a, that sees them through the eyes of God, objectively, right? You know, with, with there's no subjectivity. You're seeing them as the light of Christ and you're asking them to be involved, no matter who they are. Yeah, because you never know at any given time who will be touched by right. that invite, that personal invite, just, they may refuse you 10 times, but maybe the 11th time they'll be like, oh my gosh, I better just go because she's driving me nuts. <laughs> you know, um, you know, and I think many teens, um, by them coming, they themselves have got their families to come. Uh, you know, I think it's a trickle down effect. It doesn't necessarily, I think nowadays, it's teens evangelizing to their parents. I mean, there's a lot of older people that are, you know, that feel like, um, and I think with adults, we have, to, we have to think about, a lot of times we thought, check the box, you know, I went to mass, I got my confirmation, my first, but it's, it's not that, it's that relationship that for some of us that are older didn't grow up knowing that. And, um, you know, it was more like, oh, you got confirmed, you, you met the criteria that were given or the, um, and nowadays it's that personal relationship with Jesus and um, wanting and having him in your life and having him the focus. I mean, I do it with my own kids at home. I'm trying to get to the heart, you know, because I, I you know, if you read the bulletin, you read through others, I don't see anything in here about, you know, volunteering or anything, which I know you, so I know you do a lot of volunteering with Crux, but what's touching what they talk about is how it touched them personally, spiritually. Um, and, and I'm trying to get a better handle on what is that draw? So certainly you said you're, who you are is who you are. You, you, Christ is the center of your life and that's how you live. And I, and I know they're drawn to that. And I also know they're drawn to the fact that you're, you're reaching out and you're asking and you keep asking. Like, like Jesus does and like God does. 
So we keep asking and there's, you know, maybe it's the hundredth time, maybe it's the 10th time. So I think that validates um, the teens as well. Um, and, and I also think that one of the last component, it was Ron and I have talked about this with Bishop Barron, is you don't talk down to the teens. It's not like you're, you're dumbing down God. You're not, you're speaking to them on a level which um, they get. And it's uh, some, like the adoration service. It's, it's an adoration service. There's no uh, way to make that um, popular, if you will, right? You're not gonna be playing Madonna music at the, uh, you know, of course, that's my time, Madonna, whatever new music that you're not going to be playing rock and roll like I like to play at an adoration. So it's, it's an adoration service. So you're touching their hearts with true faith formation. Um, yeah. And there's a link here, Kevin, um, uh, because I think young people are honored to be asked to do some things. They, they like to be involved. And then you give them the link. Uh, let's say we go to Our Lady of the Angels and get involved in that community there, which uh, reaches out to a large segment of people. And then you link that back to what Jesus is about and what he did. And now you're, you suddenly discover that you're doing what he did. Uh, and that's really about uh, this whole faith journey is about. Jesus presents, you accept, and you make it your own, and you become like Jesus uh, in your way of uh, sharing with others. Uh, that's the beautiful connection here, which is, I think, so very attractive. I think another thing we did was we, we in our meetings, um, when we were planning the retreat, we kind of shifted them a little bit and made them like formation meetings. So they would have a speaker. You spoke one time, Kevin, um, at them to learn, <laughs> learn different. Oh, I don't know. That's okay. It's live. It's I live. Know, I know. <laughs> Come on. I know there's someone. Can you get rid yeah, of the dog? Sure, yeah. um, um, we brought different people in, you know, to speak at the meeting. So it's not always me or Father Tim. And I think um, you never know what, what topic is going to hit somebody, at so you know, touch somebody. And I think all of the teens and all of us, whether they go to OLA or, or hear a speaker in, um, at, our, at our meetings, the one thing that they all noticed was the joy and peace each of these people had. In their life. Yep. So you kind of want that. You want that. I kind of want what they have, you know, and how do you get that is having that relationship with Jesus and just introducing them, asking them questions. I have teens ask me questions and um, if I don't know the answer, I'll find the answer out and I'll follow up with them. Like, um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I just... You know, Helen, when we had the retreats and we had the uh, option of having one-on-one -on -one conversation with many of these young people, it was just amazing to see how open they were and how trusting they were to reveal some of their inner struggles. And as you're saying, the questions that they have about life and relationships mm -hmm. and being able to help them 
to honor them, to accept them, to listen to that, even before you offer some uh, direction to them. I always found that interesting and humbling. We'd sit, I would sit with a teen on those retreats sometimes for 20 minutes to a half hour. I was never in a hurry. Um, and it, it was just a terrific experience to be able to assist in this, such as you are doing. Uh, and then they, among themselves, yeah. can do some of this. Um, so it's, it's a uh, situation that kind of feeds into life, into their life, into our adult life, too. It's just amazing. And we bless the Lord for all this. Wow. Because yeah. um, that's, that's the point of teen ministry for me, is just to, to get them connected with their faith, learn more about it, and, and grow closer. And, I, and I've, seen, I've seen that. I've, I've, I've experienced or been able to see the, you know, that happen with teens with some teens that came to the retreat as sophomores because their parents made them and left the weekend and are still now in college, still coming to mass and come, you know, keeping in touch with me or asking what's going on. You have no idea how many times I get texts. What time is mass at? Was there confession this week? When is there that, you know, and I'm like, look at the website, <laughs> but they feel like they can text me and I'm, I'm quite happy to go look at the website or find out the times for them or check things <laughs> because I'm like, okay, I'll find it out for you, but that they want to go are um, just, that's why I really hope a, a lot of them, you know, when I went to NCYC, that was the first time it's kind of like a seek um, with teens. Father Tim Monahan asked, I think that was the first year that we go to that. And I didn't have a clue what I was going to, but we went anyway, and it was incredible. A lot of the same speakers, I went three times now, are the same that will be at SEEK. And I want them to, you know, experience that and get excited about their faith. You know, don't, yeah. be, don't be afraid to talk about it, you know, get excited. That's a great word, Helen, get excited about your faith. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, we, we kind of uh, dumb that down. And it is exciting <coughs> because it, it leads to uh, living out, you know, the depth of your convictions. Mm -hmm. It's the living out of those beatitudes. Uh, you suddenly recognize when you make that connection with the scripture that this is what I'm all about. Right. And it's just not so many words on a page, but it's happening to me now. Exactly. That's that's very in, engrossing, I think, for young people and for us adults too. Yeah. And it, and also you have to be brave. You have to be courageous, because the teens that are going, you know, that want to come to church. And today there was quite a lot of teens at mass, and I kind of panicked that I didn't have enough spaces during the week when people were emailing me, but. Father Tim and others at MSW had it all figured out and I didn't know, <laughs> but um, that's it. Just, just be excited to spend time. That's why I love the praise and worship, like our adoration and the teens. I mean, to see them at that, that is, that's a gift for me. That's so exciting because they're, they're sitting there on a Friday night in, in the dark and we're outside doing benediction in the freezing cold 
but they're all there and they're all happy and what a great way to start your weekend and then i usually say oh we have mass on sunday <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, it reminds me of what you're saying it, and today reminded me of something that um that father tim monahan said to me once about being a priest he said probably the, one of the biggest things that the joy i have is being leading people to christ and i think that's that says your ministry in a nutshell yeah. uh, and pope, i want to quote pope francis he says and i think you you said you you have to do it with being courageous but i think you have to do it with enthusiasm and this is what pope francis said uh in the joy of the gospel christians have the duty to proclaim the gospel which what you do without excluding anyone instead of seeming to impose new obligations they should appear as people who wish to share their joy who point to a horizon of beauty and invite others to a delicious banquet so that's what you do uh, i i think this this year like um i i told the teens about blessed carlos Carlo Acutis, mm -hmm. because I thought, oh my gosh, he's just like you guys. He's a teen. He's going to be a saint. Right. And the thing I remember about him was he said, um, the Eucharist is the highway to heaven. So I think a teen even commented today, should you have mass yesterday at nine and again at five and again today? And I'm like, yeah, but it's good. <laughs> like, yeah, why not? And they're like, you're committed. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but I mean, it's there for everybody. You know, we just have to make the time. <laughs> but I also am fortunate to witness at 7 a.m. masses, and then I did a Sunday a.m. mass, and I saw teens there, either at the 7 a.m. weekday mass. Mm -hmm. I look up and I see these are some college kids that have come. College up. kids, correct, and, yeah. And, and the 8 a.m. on a Sunday, and I thought, oh my gosh, I mean, I'm looking up and I'm like, wow, I. I am just, it's, this is such a blessing. So thank you, Helen, for everything you've done. Uh, we've, we've now eclipsed our time, uh, I think, <laughs> uh, at the longest running podcast so far, but that's a good thing because this is so important. Um, and you, it just, from my perspective, Helen, um, it also in Vangela, just in, like I said, we, I'm kind of like, uh, it's, it's like, uh, and I'm looking for words myself, I'm feeding off of the joy of the teens in your ministry as well, because I think it helps the parish in more, so many multiple ways of just being a part of it and seeing it, like see, being part of it today. So folks, um, one of the things Al Alan mentioned was that there were so many teens attending mass, they had to open up, uh, open up the gym, Wisdom Hall. So that's how many kids were at mass today. So, what a wonderful example. Yeah, it was good. It's good. But it's, it's, it's the whole parish. It's the priests. It's everybody. It's not just me. It's all the adult leaders. It's all the teens that come forth. I mean, it's a community. I, I think we've been told so many times we grow in community, not in rows. So it's, it's a joint effort. I just happen to be <laughs> the lucky one <laughs> with the name that I get the complaints and the, and the, and, and the awards or honors or the good wishes. You know, I get it all. So. Well, congratulations on your award. It was a pleasure having you. Um, and I would love to see some adults joining some of those uh, teen-led uh, 
adoration and masses and coming and, and sharing in that same joy that I witnessed today and many other days. Ron, you got a yes. final word or thought for us? Okay, here's a little ending prayer that we can use. And again, uh, Helen, congratulations mm -hmm. to you. Oh, thank you. And Dad. also a word of uh, congratulations all the way out to Venice, Florida, where Anne Krizan yes. uh, now lives and is involved in ministry and began uh, nominating you for this award a couple of years ago. She did see uh, the uniqueness of you and this whole program, and it stands out there, I think, as an example for others who might be seeking and searching, because we're not going to hold this just for ourselves. We want others to be involved in a similar way. So that's the other part. So, God of love, you created us, and you call us to live as brothers and sisters. Give us the strength daily to be instruments of peace. Enable us to see everyone who crosses our path as our brother and our sister. And may Almighty God bless all of us who are listening to this today, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thanks, Ron. Helen, you're welcome. good luck. And if you need any help, uh, reach out. The parishioners, uh, they know where to find you if they want to be involved in, in helping out with uh, the ministry. So Absolutely. God bless. Thank you. And I've, I've got one of my second favorite Irish bands, the Chieftains, to play us out. And it's uh, the title of the song called Women of Ireland, which Helen is. Helen, where are you from? Manana Heron. Oh, boy. I don't know where that's at. Where is that? East it's on the thing. That's what it is. Women in Ireland, it's Manana Heron. Oh, you're teaching us Gaelic now, are you? Yeah, no, Irish. You're teaching us Irish. That's the correct way of saying it. So. Manana Heron. There you go. All right, everyone, God bless. Yeah, Take God bless, care. everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.